So over the last two and a half years, the church and the world has, um, has been in what seems like a space of constant disruption and fast-paced change. Would you agree with me? Yes. <laughs> we as a church, have, we haven't been immune to, to this, to any of the disruptions that have happened, to the to head-spinning change, to thinking how you know, life is different. People are hesitant to return to what is once, you know, once their livelihood, the ways and patterns of, of their life. They're hesitant to return to things that they gave not a second thought to. Other people are talking now how the world is in this new space of a new normal. For some unbeknown reason, I actually don't like that term. I actually think it's normal because, it, and here's the reason why. Life is full of change. Change is inevitable in life. Just think about what happens when you are born till the day you die. Your body, your life, the places where you live, you grow up, everything, it changes. That's normal. Change is normal. So to have this phrase about the new normal, it's just basically change has happened and we have adopted a new pattern of behaviour. While some people are revelling in the new patterns of behaviour, others are struggling to try and keep the old patterns, the way that we used to be, the things that we used to do. They try and hold on to it. And our church has not been immune to this disruption either. So we've lost people to the new patterns of behaviours and others have come to call here home. We now no longer have just an in-person church service. We have churches online. We have people who are joining with us who are not physically present. We will have people who during the week will be catching up because church just doesn't happen at the one time Church can happen when we are ready. Life has changed. I have been thinking and I have been praying about the future of New Beginnings Uniting Church. The Church Council has been wrestling with the direction that the church should be heading. So to help us as a church to be seeking God's guidance... I want to share with you the vision that has been guiding new beginnings over the years. I do this so that as a church, when we take time to spend in prayer, seeking God's guidance for where we are to be heading, what we are to be doing, what is our clear vision for the future for our church, then we will know where we have come from. We will know what we have been doing and striving to do, but we will be seeking God's guidance. Not only as 
leadership, not only as individuals, but as the people of God. Where is God guiding our church? But just before I, I do that, just before I share where we have been coming from and what has been our pattern of behaviour and what we have been doing and what have been our guiding principles, our vision, our mission statement, I want to share with you a reading from the Bible from the letter of, to the Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 to 16. And it says this. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I am no longer counted on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him in sharing in his death so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I do not mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have become, have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Jesus Christ first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I have focused on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let us all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. As I was thinking about what to talk about, and, and I was thinking, and I was I, honestly, I was tossing up whether just to do a Father's Day message. I was tossing up whether we would do more cultural disconnects. But it came and sat upon me. God, it, it sat upon me that we needed to focus. Focus on where God is calling us. Focus on a time when we will set aside daily as a church to pray for God's guidance for our church. See, in this reading that we have from Philippians that, that sat on my heart and said, this is what I needed to share today. The Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church in Philippi while he is in prison awaiting trial in Rome. So keep, keep this in mind. Here he is incarcerated... Now, we can, we, can, we can start to think about what that might mean, whether it's change, shackles, whatever, but he was more like under house arrest. He pleaded his case to be heard in Rome, and so he's there awaiting his trial, his case. 
But he has an uncertain future. He doesn't know which way it's going to go. And it's a life and death decision, really. So he's waiting. So in this letter that Paul is writing and thinking about his own future, his life that's gone past and what is there to behold and the future for the church that he can't get to at that moment, but he wants to encourage and lift them up and encourage them. This encouragement we can hear for ourselves today. We don't just let the word of God sit back in the time that it was written for the churches that it was written for. It speaks to us afresh and anew each time. So as I was praying about this, as I was spending time thinking about what I would share today, I felt God saying we needed to find his voice again. We needed to find his guidance again. We needed to find his direction again. See, I love what the Apostle Paul is saying here. And we can take it as individuals and we can take it as a church. And here's this. We have a past. We all have a past, yes? Yeah? Good. I was going to say, I don't see any brand new babies here. Um, but we all have a past. We all have life that has happened, don't we? And you know the thing is, here's the thing. We can let our past define who we are. And often our past will define who we are. The choices that we make, good or bad, help define us as a person. But when we think about the grace that God has given us and the life change that happens because of that grace that God has given us, our past no longer defines us, but God through Christ defines who we are. It is a change. We are a new person. And when we think about us individually, but when we think about it as a church, we have a past. We have a history. And yes, that can define us, but God speaks fresh and anew to us each day. And so what is God saying to us as a church? Not to throw away our traditions, not to throw away what has happened, not to throw away the message of God, but to live it out in a world that has radically changed. In a world where turning up to church in person is not necessarily the thing that you always do. We live in a world that is vastly different to what it was like two and a half years ago. We live in a world that is vastly different to what it was like 10 years ago. We live in a world that is vastly different and you can keep on going. You know, can you, can you think of a time 
when, if you wanted to answer the phone, you had to be home and you needed to be close to the phone. You couldn't even be in another room. You had to be where the phone came in. And if you were lucky, you actually had one of those cordless phones that you could walk around in the house. Or you had a really long cable that you plugged in and you can walk into another room and sit and talk. But we now don't even bat an eyelid at the fact that you can answer your phone wherever you are. As a matter of fact, we get annoyed when we can't actually get reception as great as we want, wherever we want. As a church, how do we deal with a world that's changed? Where is God calling us into this future? See, for me, it really comes out at how do we step out in faith? How do we step out in faith and say, here I am, Lord? See, this is my prayer for our church, that we are all willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me. It comes down to the point that it's about our response, our individual response, our corporate response together, listening for God's lead in our lives, the vision of where we are going to head, what we are going to do, who we are going to reach, and saying, send me, Lord, I am willing to go. I am willing to do this. That's my prayer for our church. That we all are willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me. As we ask God to send us into a new world, into a new future, guided and directed by, by God, I hear the words that the Apostle Paul is saying to us from Philippians chapter 3, verse 16. And it says, But we must hold on to the progress that we have already attained, that we have already made. And the reason why I think this is so important for us is it's so easy when we start thinking about what the future might be, where we might go, that we forget that we do have a past both wonderful and also difficult. We often want to focus on the things that don't work, but we don't forget the things that have worked and that God's presence has been with us and that we actually reach out into lots of different places around the world with the message of God. We have a past, we have progress that we have already made. Let us not just look back and stay looking back, but let us rather look back 
and know that God has been at work and continues to be at work. But let us not forget the progress that's been made as we move forward into the future that God is leading us. So let us take a moment and look back of what has been the guiding vision for New Beginnings Uniting Church. We're going to put up... the. Anybody want to just have a, a, a remember a guess of what our mission statement is for, for New Beginnings Uniting Church? Leading people to become... Of who? Of Jesus Christ. It's, it's not just about being disciples, it's disciples of Jesus Christ. Our, our mission statement for the church is to lead people, that is not just random, but people that we know, people that we're engaged with, people around in our neighbourhood, people who we connect with online, our family, our friends, we lead people to become fully devoted disciples and hence why we have been focusing on being a disciple and actually learning what it means to follow Jesus, learning what it means to live more like Jesus each and every day to become fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. It's not about becoming mirror images of me or mirror images of, of, of great preachers or other people. It's about Christ. It's the discipleship that we follow Jesus. And we've chosen four words that help us to understand how we live this out. Over the years, we've, we've, we've struggled and we've strived and we've, we've done well and sometimes we've done not so well. But these have been the four words that have guided us how we fulfil to lead people to become fully devoted Jesus Christ. And the first is that we have, the first word is bigger. One simple word. It means for us that we are going to enlarge the kingdom of God. We're not going to enlarge our own domain and sphere, but we are there working for God's kingdom. For in Matthew 28 verse 19 it says this, Therefore I go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So, so our guiding principle is to go and preach the good news of Jesus Christ to go and spread the message of hope and grace and love that God has for the world and for individuals so that they may come and know Christ as their Lord and Saviour. This is a, it is a call to evangelism, it is a call to reach out, to go beyond. It is about how do we as individuals step up and have conversations with people that we know who have not said yes to Christ and help them to say yes. It's not about our own effort, but it's about God working with us and through us, convicting people's hearts. Bigger, to go beyond ourselves, to enlarge God's kingdom here on earth. But how do we do that? How do we help ourselves? How do we become fully devoted? It's because we go deeper. It's to help people have an authentic, living relationship with Jesus Christ. It's to have life groups. It's to come and be together, reading the Bible, to understand it more fully, to be 
challenge to have a prayer life that is life-giving, have a prayer life where we are engaged, is about going deeper into our discipleship to become more like Jesus every day. 1 John chapter 3, verses 23 to 24 says this, and this is his commandment to believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commands us. Those who keep his commandments live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he has given us. So when we start becoming deeper in our faith, when we start becoming more like Jesus, our life changes. That's what it means for us to go deeper. It's to deepen our relationship with God, to become more like Jesus. Not just here on Sunday, but all through the week. Life is changed. We are a new person because of the grace of God. And because we're a new person, because we have gone deeper, because we are looking to grow people to, to come into Christ for themselves, to grow the kingdom of God, to go deeper into our own journey of faith, we also want to come together as the body of Christ and lift the name of Jesus higher. And so that the third word that helps us to understand how we worship together is that we come together with, on the word higher. It's to take us from the here and now, the everyday, and lift us up so that we can know the presence of God in our lives. And, and for us here at New Beginnings, one of the guiding principles that we've had is that we want to foster the environment, the space, the environment, whether it's digitally or whether it's physically, where we can encourage people to worship freely so it becomes relevant to them. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 18 to 23 says this, What then is my reward? Just this that in preaching the gospel I may offer it freely of charge and so not misuse my gift, my rights as a preacher of the gospel. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law I became like one not having the law, although I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak I became weak to win the weak, and I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings." See, for me personally, and, and for the church, it has been a challenge to think about how do we change ourselves so that we, in our public worship, the, the point where we are portraying ourselves outward to the world outside, that we become 
relevant for those people who are yet to believe so that they may engage and understand and they themselves may come to worship. See, the church is one of the, one of the few places, matter of fact, I'd say it's the only place where it really the church exists not for its own members, not for itself, but those who are yet to become. The church is truly the church when it exists for those yet to believe. That challenges us to change our patterns of behaviour, change who we are. It is not about making us feel comfortable, but about lifting us up so that others may worship God as well. And Luke 4 verse 8 says this, Jesus answered them, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So our worship is not about the latest trends or the fads or anything that is about worshipping. It's about worshipping God but doing it in ways that are relevant and meaningful for people of lots of different generations and for those that we want to draw into faith. And our final thing that helps us guide us as a church has been the word wider. Now, this is not to go, you know, it's not about that we're going to put on weight or anything like that. It's actually about how do we express the compassion and mercy of God in practical ways. People are not going to hear the gospel of Christ unless they are fed. If they are hungry, we feed the hungry. Matthew 25 verse 40 says this, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. See, it's about how do we become the hands, the feet, the body of Christ, which is a terminology for the church. How do we become the body of Christ to those in need who are hurting in the world? How do we spread the good news of life changed unless we're willing to change people's lives? It means that we do this in real practical ways. We have the Cronulla Community Cafe that happens on a Wednesday and I'm always prayful and thankful for the, the many volunteers and the people that come and be a part of that. As a church, we, we continue to support um, a number of children through compassion and child sponsorship. We continue to get engaged with people wherever they are and in the life that is going on, in all of the ups and downs. We are willing to go the extra mile. That's what's been guiding us as a church. That has been where we've been heading and we look back at that so that we can know it and see where God has been working and what God has been doing and we can move forward. We're looking to see what God is going to be doing now in our midst. We look forward to see the vision of God what God has for us. The church has a future. We have a future. We have a future as we strive to be fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. So let's just pray.
Gracious, loving God, we give you thanks that you challenge us. You challenge us with vision for the future. You challenge us with, with looking to the past and seeing where you have been with us. You challenge us not to look back upon our own strength, but to look forward on what you are doing. Lord, help us to catch the wind of your spirit moving through us, to catch the wind of your spirit moving through the world. May we continue to lead people to become fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. I pray this in your holy name. Amen.